0: the recruitment mentors community is now completely open for you to join it's the meeting point for recruitment professionals who want to take their development and growth into their own hands whether you're starting out your career or five years into it Our mission is to empower you to accelerate your development with the most successful, collective, current, and responsive teachings from outside of your four walls. You can now join the community for just £39 per month by going directly to our website at recruitmentmentors.com. That's recruitmentmentors.com. Your new mentors are waiting to meet you. Welcome to the Recruitment Mentors Podcast. My name is Hisham Azuz. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Tom Ponting, who is the founder of Amber Resourcing, who are a tech specialist recruitment agency. Tom started his recruitment career in 2006, working in finance recruitment, but then joined a 10-person IT team at Opus Recruitment in 2010, where he progressed through the ranks from consultant, all the way to regional and managing director, where he was then responsible for a business unit generating around 30 million in turnover before he then uh, left Opus to start Amber Resourcing in 2019. Um, In this time, he's been back to scale and grow Amber Resourcing. They currently have 11 people in the business, but have ambitious plans to grow the business across the UK and look to get to the 60, 90 people uh, mark over the next three years. So Tom, thank you for joining me. No,
1: thank you. Thank you for the lovely intro as well, mate.
0: (laughs) No worries. So where I always like to start, and the first question I have for you, Tom, is in, in your opinion, what characteristics and traits do you think make up a highly successful recruitment consultant?
1: Yeah, okay. So I think it's not really a trait, if you like, or characteristic, but it's... um. The, the the first thing for me is like hard work. Um like mm. I bring it right back to the, the basics of the best people that I've worked with um within the first six months of joining the business have probably been the people that have put in the most amount of effort. And it's like it's a it's a really like easy, cool thing that anyone can really do. But the people that tend to put the most amount of effort Hit the KPIs early doors. That 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 they they seem to be the people that that, that work out the best. Um, so hard work being one of them, resilience is another one. Um, I, I'd say to anyone that's joining or looking to get into recruitment, the first six months. That, I mean, there'll definitely be tears at at some point or another. And if there aren't tears, you're probably not pushing yourself hard enough. <laughs> um, and uh, and so the resilience of being in a position where. Like you're just not letting things affect you for more than a day. The all I have is like, yeah, if, if something goes wrong, like let it affect you, like, like let it hurt a little. But when you come in the next day, make sure, yeah, make, make sure that you, you leave that at the door and, and you come in as a fresh day and we, we're kind of going again. So that's the that's the kind of two kind of cool ones. Consistency is what makes what takes good billers to great billers. And these are the guys that and girls that 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 get to a position where. You know the consistency of the bad months are still still sticking in a deal or two, um, and then obviously the good months are, are more. So consistency is another one, and I also think the ability to actually listen and and take a step back and understand something, um, mm. and I think listening is such an underrated um, underrated skill to have as a as a recruiter. Not underrated, but underused, if you like.
0: So just just before we carry this on I I love the fact that you brought up consistency J- just keen to to sort of zoom in on that quickly because I think everyone listening to this wants to be more consistent right yeah. I guess look you would you would you would have seen so many recruiters in your time yeah so I guess when when I say to you a great consistent biller what are, what are the sort of top three things you think that they sort of do day in day out week out that maybe some people don't do that could prevent them being consistent
1: yeah okay well uh, speaking from, from experience the when i say consistency it's coming in doing the same actions it's like guess that was really like simple and easy but so many times i've been with consultants where they've, they've had a, a superb month they've, they've got this massive commi- commission check at the end of the month and the next month they're just, just not the races they' are they're, they're, they're doing whatever they, whatever they're doing with their money, but they're, they're not coming back and not following the same actions. I think a lot of recruitment is, is quite like mathematical in terms of the numbers and what you have to do to achieve the end result being at two, three, four, whatever deals per month. So the consistency is actually the, the actual the actual um, work you put in um, throughout the course and obviously the inputs. Um, if you do the same amount of inputs on most months, the outputs will be what the inputs um, dictated. So that that's what I mean by consistency. It's actually some some consultants will have one month and um, they'll be superb and uh, they'll get the, the big commission check. They'll, they'll do 30, 40, 50K whiteboard and then they'll go off the boil and you'll see the game in, in two or three months' time. So mm. just, just having that level, consistent input would be. Yeah, it would be a uh, would
0: be the focus. Yeah, so yeah, so I think you're talking a bit about getting complacent there as well. And I think I think the other yeah. thing that you're talking about there, which I think is really interesting, is because straight away we're now talking about just just uh, it's come up a few times now, but just a word that people, for whatever reason, have tarnished, which is KPIs, right? But it's yeah. it's what you said. It's actually well, no, it's actually understanding the science behind what you need to do that will give you yeah. the best chance of achieving the outcomes that you need. So yeah. I think that I'm, I'm glad you highlighted that. Cause I think, I think that's the way it needs to be sort of positioned, isn't it? It's like, well, okay. So you've done 50 grand this month. Like let's have a, do you understand why you was able to do that? Like, yes, you are good and you have talent and these things, but do you actually know why you think you was able to achieve that? And I think that's what you're talking to, isn't it? It's the yeah. best recruiters understand the science that they need to, Sort of put in each month that can give them the best chance.
1: Yeah, I think when people mention KPIs, they they kind of crease up a little. Bit. They're like, "Oh my god, KPIs!" Um, but what do you actually break it down? It can produce, like you said, on such a positive a positive angle. So, okay, well, how have you done this 50k? What was mm. able to do, to do that? And then you track it back, and you look at the KPIs, and you go, "Okay, well, that's if you want to do 50k again, here's your platform to to, to do it. And if you haven't done it, then we need to maybe inspect the quality in which you're doing it at." So, yeah, I think, I mean, going back to, to starting up and, and, and doing this with Amber and starting doing billing myself, it's like I needed KPIs. I needed to know what what I needed mm. to do to, in order to get my two or three deals over the course of the month. So, yeah, I think KPIs are, are really underrated in terms of, I think, again, people crease up a little bit and get nervous and scared of, of a KPI, but it's, um, it should be a recruiter's best friend
0: yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think, yeah, if you're if you're listening to this straight away, it's like, let make sure you've looked at look this quarter, last quarter, last month, like you you should be able to answer the question with your manager, with yourself, right? Okay, how did I achieve that? What are sort of the core cool things that I need to do? And I think that's what you've highlighted quite quickly. So amazing. Yeah. So how just to frame this up for people, so obviously for the last coming towards 18 months, you've um been a recruitment business owner, right, of Amber yeah. Re- Amber Resourcing. So obviously slightly different journey there, but and then Obviously, um, before that, you was an employee, but obviously got to the position where you're managing P&Ls, teams, etc. So we're going to start there and sort of break some of that down and then we'll go into Tom, the business owner. So I guess how would you and Phil just whatever comes up for you naturally, but like how would you describe like your uh, sort of early on in recruitment for you? How would you describe it? I'm always interested.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I, I just, yeah, I absolutely love that. I think I'm one of those people that uh, I think a lot of people fall into recruitment, don't they? Yeah. yeah. Whereas, whereas as soon as I got a kind of an understanding of what recruitment was, I I always wanted to get into recruitment. It was like, it was my dream job. Um, was using
0: insurance, was using insurance yeah. sales or something before? Yeah. Same.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I, I actually, um, I first got wind of it when I, when I used to play for a football team and, um, and one of the guys was a, was a guy called Nigel Romana who um, is one of the, the senior people at Opus and we're in the changing room he said listen I think you'll be quite good at recruitment because of you know, your attitude and, and your ability to communicate and whatnot um, and I looked a little bit further into it and I actually I actually dropped out of college and, and back in those days and you know, those days are sound really old but back in those days it was a case of you you usually had to be a graduate to get a chance at, at some of the yeah, yeah. companies. It was a little bit tougher to get into. Um, so I seek some advice, and I said, "Well, get some sales experience behind you, yeah. um, and and uh, you know, with, with some sales experience over a prolonged period of time, then you've got you know a much better chance." So, yeah, that, that's what I did. Uh, when I did a, did a few years in insurance sales, and then uh, got an opportunity to, to come up to Bristol. And uh, an interview for a, for a recruitment business, but yeah, I th- I honestly think I was born and made for this. We've, we've, really? Uh, yeah, a hundred percent. I can't I can't think of myself doing anything else. Uh, <laughs> so it's uh, a much better.
0: So, so for <laughs> the first few years, then obviously you obviously clearly had the passion for it. But were were they rocky? Were they good? Did you? Was it a duck to uh, water? What? How would you describe yeah. it?
1: Like like a duck to water again. I'm t- taking it back to the KPIs. I, like, I I'm I'm quite a simplistic man. It's like you, you tell me what needs to be done and and, <laughs> and, and, I'll, and I'll do it. And I, and I sat down on my first job and I said, "Well, hit these figures and and do these numbers and and you'll do X." And I just just did exactly that. I stuck my head down and 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 uh, I, I did the numbers and I did the numbers properly and fifty percent more. And lo and behold, you know, within. In the, my first position, I was you know the, the, the top biller there for for two and a half three years, and then the, you know the, the call up um, came when I went to Opus, and exactly the same thing happened there. So yeah, there was there was no kind of rocky rocky moments at all because I, again I followed the process that someone gave me. I followed their their instructions and the numbers that they that they said that I needed to hit.
0: Okay, so let let's just hone in a bit on the sort of Opus journey then. Hmm. um so obviously, from what I can see, which I think is interesting, and and you may speak to recruiters now doing this to be fair, or you, or you may have at some point in your career. But obviously, I saw that you had to transition from finance to tech, right? So yeah. I think sometimes recruiters listening to this may go through that or could be quite worried about that. So I guess, sort of looking back at that, I guess, did you find anything difficult about? transitioning into a different sector what did you do to give yourself the yeah. best chance of having a good start I don't know how would you describe that change and what would your advice be yeah. for someone that would be well, transitioning
1: first of all I, I must admit that that was my biggest reservation I was shit scared I was like yeah from a finance background where it, it's it's not fairly easy but but it was fairly easy because I've been doing it for two and a half years right and uh, that was my biggest reservation and I, I actually met with Darren the owner a few times um, and because of most of my friends were working there um at the time and i was like okay well I, i'm not i just I don't, i'm not very technical and 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 i'm not sure if this really excites me and it didn't really at the time mm. um and they said well it's, you know it's, you pick it up it's sales is sales recruitment recruitment if you can recruit and you're successful in one area you can probably do it in most areas you just need to invest a bit of time like learning the market um so that was that that was the first thing and i think yeah, the, the first few months um you're you, you just out there speaking to candidates to, to really gather a better understanding of the market. But I think you probably you you, you probably get away with it by by using a few buzzwords in, in the first few months and and, mm-hmm. and winging it a little bit. Um, but but yeah, that, that was the biggest reservation. But it, that came quite quickly. I think within I was I will say, for people that are joining here, give yourself three months, it's, and if every single day you're learning more than the day before, it's a progression. Is you're moving in mm-hmm. the right the their right area so it probably took about two or three months to me to get up to speed with some of the lingo but again I think you're always learning so I'm still learning stuff now right
0: yeah I think I think the especially in tech what I find when I speak to recruiters or sort of work with recruiters and stuff is like there's this sort of misconception that like you have to know as much as the people as you place or be as competent yeah. as them but you're never going to be as competent as them I know it's looks like a, a quite interesting USP where some recruitment businesses are going down the route of like all of our recruiters learn to code and stuff like that. Right. And, and fair enough. But I think like you're, I think the actual real value that you offer and what you're talking about there is actually the insight and you're speaking to way more people like that candidate who may speak to a handful of people a lot more per week than you are than, than them. So that actually the value that recruiters will always have is that, well, look, you're the fifth person I spoke to in the same position. This is what yeah. I found out so far, blah, blah, blah. I think yeah. it seems like I feel like that's a common misconception with tech. Where it's like, oh, I don't know, I'm, I don't know anything. I'm not a techie, but it's like, well, you don't get paid to to be a techie. You you get paid to have that insight and all those things, yeah. you know.
1: Yeah, I'd much rather a, a consultant that knew everything about a company, and 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 from the company size to the progression of the company to to everything in between, right? I'd much rather that than someone be actually technically um, apt and able. Um, yeah. And with that information, then they can obviously relay that to the cans they speak to. And then hopefully the sell is actually in the detail that they give the can from the knowledge of the company.
0: Yeah, 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 exactly. So I, I just find that a sort of an interesting nuance, which sometimes people um, get worried about. But thank you for sharing that. So I guess a couple of things that I want to ask you then before we go into the sort of Amber journey. So yeah. obviously Opus is big brand. Um well-known brand in the industry. So I guess you said you had a couple of mates there, but how would you sort of describe the DNA of sort of Opus and the DNA of their culture that you think helped it or contributed it to become sort of a a, a big brand as it has?
1: Yeah. Okay. So 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 the it was listed of like quality quality consultants. Um really? which is which is one of the things I think you know the the, the likes of uh, Chris Shearer at um, SR2 and Ryan Speeds and Nigel Romana. And I could go on and on with a list of people that are just fantastic. Zeph, um, Katira. So it had some some superb people within the business. But the D- the DNA was just kind of go harder and faster than anyone else. Um, uh, in the early days, it, it kind of felt like we were, we were kind of taking on the world. Um, and this is when I joined when we were, we were 10 people big. Just based in in Bristol, um, and and as the as the, as the company grew, we, we just managed to attract some some fantastic talent. So the actual at- atmosphere, the environment was, you know, you give us this job, um, and you put us against any other recruitment consultancy in the lands, and we'll beat you. That was the 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 kind of mm. vibe we had within the office, and usually it kind of usually worked out that that was the case because we would go harder and faster, and we would work longer. Mm. Um, so that was the the, the, the kind of a, a couple of that. Um, particularly from a, an early stage, we had um, we had a, like a brilliant training offer offering. I think the the, the trainer was like employee number six within a business, which usually doesn't like happen like that, does it? Yeah. Usually you wait to get to a certain size where you outsource the training, but the the, the trainer was um, was a was a lady called Louise Foster, and she was just superb. Um, and uh, yeah, the, the training and the, and the development of people um, within the business, even that small, was, uh, was was superb.
0: So why did why? So why did you highlight that then? Was that because it then meant that there was less people getting sort of chewed up and spat back out? Like you reduced retention. Did it mean that from like very early on, actually, that which typically doesn't happen early on, there was actually an opus way of doing things, or there was a process that a, a framework and. Um, a, yes, yeah. a playbook for people to follow. Why? Why do you uh, highlight that? Because I think it's interesting.
1: Yeah, I think I think one hundred percent. It's the it's the playbook. It's the blueprint, right? And if you find out what makes a successful consultant, yeah, um, and then you have that trainer that's um, that's uh, that's developing you on a on a consistent basis. Um, uh yeah, that, that that seemed to be the main thing. So yeah, that, that was that for, for me from my early days, particularly there where I'd probably come from um a business where i might have a training day every kind of four months or so to have constant training constant feedback constant development that was probably the 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 key for my growth and development and and i know a lot of lots of others as well
0: so just a quick one on this because i think this is interesting and and we can maybe touch on this when we talk about how you've maybe tried to replicate this but i guess for people listening to this, not everyone's going to have the luxury of having someone dedicated to L&D. and get, So I guess, I don't know, Like, what, what would your advice be for recruiters listening to this that do have that hunger and desire to want to improve and, and it's likely that they do if they're listening to this? And how would you encourage them to try and get that feedback or try and get those opportunities where they can improve despite maybe not having what you just described earlier on the opus?
1: Well, I mean, it's something that I'm actually searching for myself. Is in really? terms of like having a, a training offering, myself. It needs to be the right person for sure. But um, I, I think it's, it, it's. I think some companies, and I'm talking about business owners, might see training and and, and development as a, as a as money down the drain. Um, but in terms of what it can return you, it's obviously not right. Um, so yeah, I think it's just in terms of the investment of making sure that that that. These guys are developing. Um, that seems to be uh, that, that's that, that's the that's the biggest thing, and that's something I'm also looking to replicate now. You know, I'm on the, I'm out there talking to to, to people about you know bringing a, a full-time trade trainer into the business. So that that's a yeah, that's a big thing for me now. Still, still as well.
0: Okay, interesting. So, um, what I wanted to just ask you then was obviously a lot of recruiters want to sort of get to the position that you got to which was sort of progressed all the way to sort of director level and as you quite rightly said there was a lot of great people in that business so there would have been a lot of people that i guess would have wanted the position that you was going for or the promotion that you was after so again something i'm always curious about is in an extremely competitive landscape not just externally but internally as well with your peers why do you think tom was able to get the promotions that you got over the person sitting next to you?
1: Well, I, I, I must admit some of the promotions were because we were, we were, we were growing at such a rapid rate. I was kind of almost thrust into those positions because there was probably no one better at the time. <laughs> <laughs> and, and truth be told, I probably wasn't ready for a lot of them. Um, uh, and Yeah. It, it, it's, yeah, we moved so quickly, we, we grew at such a rate um, that, you know, the, before I knew it, I was running a team of two and 60 come the end um so what, what,
0: what but why why did I, they think of Tom because I think what what's come up a few times I understand that but I guess surely you must have communicated at some point like that you or someone that would put your hand up if that did I don't know
1: yeah no it definitely is it, it definitely was a, there was an opportunity that that that, and I and I, and I always like to be I always like to put myself out of my comfort zone. If I ever, if I ever feel comfortable and I'm like, I don't like this, I need to I need to be pushing again. So I think every single time there was an opportunity, I'd, I'd, I'd put my hand up. I wouldn't always get the opportunity, but the opportunity, I got the opportunity eventually, right? Mm. Um, so it is a case of putting your hand up and saying, yeah, give me some more responsibility. I feel like I'm in a position where I can, again, put myself out of my comfort zone a little.
0: Okay. Interesting. So, just for context, and then we'll take this into the sort of journey as a business owner. So, by the time you left, you said you was managing a team of 60, did you say?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. 60 people. And that's
0: a permanent contract and a, and a delivery team. Yeah, okay. Um, so, I'm assuming it sort of grew to that. But I guess, what again, what people want to know, and I'm sure you'll know, is that, yeah, a lot of recruiters will be thrusted into leadership positions and quite quite a lot of the time haven't been given any leadership training, Um, and have to sort of work out the hard way how to get the best out of their team, um, which can then lead to sometimes people saying that they've got managers that micromanage them and and all those things. So I guess looking back on your leadership journey there, what I guess sort of thinking about people listening to this that might end up going on that journey, what would your advice be for them that maybe you had to learn the hard way for people going (laughs) on that leadership journey? Yeah, of
1: course. I mean, I I put my hands up. I think I was a terrible manager for the first few years.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> why let's talk about that because you've, I, you've I, kept it really positive why why do you yeah, think was, it wasn't that I great think
1: I, potentially I, think, I don't like to, to to blame things i don't like to blame things or people but maybe i was a like, a like a product of the environment a little bit and maybe it's how i was managed or um maybe it's just a case of i uh, just i just wasn't very good my my emotional intelligence wasn't superb um i expected more of people than they probably expected of themselves Mm. Um, I think a lot of the time I was judging people to my standards. So yeah. I, I don't, I'd never, ever ask anyone to do something that I wouldn't do, ever. Yeah. Like just I, would, I wouldn't do it. And now that's still the case now. Um, but, the, but I, you know, it's a case of if you're not doing these, at the time, if you're not doing these stats and, and, and these inputs, and, and I am still running a team of 20, it's like, what are you doing? If you're not doing these figures and I'm running a team of 20 and doing this, it's like, come on, it's like for me to do this and do the job At a much better rate than you, it's like, come on, that's how that that was was how it was. Um, and again, this, yeah, as I say, I I think, I think for probably the good, the first like three or four years of management, I was, I think, I was, I was awful. Um,
0: uh, and what do you have to change then? So, you had to not measure people how you would yourself, it seems like, was one,
1: yeah, 100%. Uh, I actually, again, going back to the training, we actually had some um, some, some management training. We had a, a lot of emotional intelligence training, which which helped me that went. Um And I think I just kind of mellowed out as a person a little bit as well yeah. over you know, the years. So just as I got a little bit older, I was like, well, you know, if they're not going to do a hundred phone calls or send out fifteen CVs or whatever, it's like you know that's that's up to them. So if they want to be successful and and follow the formula that's given to them, they can do so, but you know if they don't want to do that and they still wanna knock in 10k a month doing it that way then then so be it. Let's embrace that and let's help them do it that way. Uh but again okay. that came that came with a that came with a bit of you know, a, a bit of time over over a few
0: years. Okay, interesting. So let let's let's sort of take this into you starting Amber then. Um so obviously started it in 2019. I guess what, what I, I'm always interested in, a lot of people may say down the pub or wherever like someday i'm gonna start my own recruitment business i think yeah. a lot of people aspire to that like what what gave you the confidence to sort of take that first step
1: yeah think? well i'd actually i've actually like threatened to do it before i had uh, been in a position a couple of times where um one i handed my notice in a few years before um and, and didn't quite follow through with it um
0: or oh, took a counteroffer
1: uh, yeah, yeah, you could say that. There was there was a little <laughs> bit more to it. To it that, but <laughs> there was a little <laughs> bit more to it, um, which was which. Looking back at the time, I probably wasn't quite ready. Um, right, and I was I was decent on the, the billing side and, and running a team by that by that by that time. But in terms of the other stuff, uh, the, the the running the business side, um, I had I was completely clueless. So um, yeah. So what was your question? So,
0: so basically, I was just interested. Like, a lot of people have the idea or the aspirations to start a business, yeah, yeah. but how not many people take that first step, you know? And we'll talk, I know yeah. we're going to talk about you being sort of invested to, to start and stuff, yeah. but I guess that could be part of it. But what, yeah, and I don't then, know why. How do you take that first step? Yeah. And then, and then it's because I was there for nearly 10
1: years, I was I was like, it's kind of all right, all I ever know knew mm. and um it actually the, the process happened over probably like a six month period for me yeah. um so it wasn't like a snap decision right let's go and oh, do yeah. i started thinking about it um, i knew i always wanted to do it at some point and i knew um that 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 it would come a day when i, when I had to do it so i started thinking about it and actually it was quite vocal about about it i actually went to my manager and said listen this is this is my situation this is how i'm feeling at the moment um you know we've, we've had a good great year last year and i'm in a position where i think it's time now where um i i need to like, spread my wings and, and start my own start my own business so i was like quite vocal about the, the whole scenario and then a couple of months went by and it just felt more and more like the time was mm-hmm. right um yeah, so so it was it was yeah, it was a it was a slower process, like a drip feed of like over six months of just going yeah. To the bill. So I was like, right now I'm definitely completely But There's a few things that were happening that I wasn't, you know, I didn't really agree with that much, but that's you know, that's that's it was beyond my control. And mm. i I'm, I'm now ready to make a decision that, you know, let's let's kind of have a look and, and see what's uh see what's what.
0: Okay. So just to be clear then, because I know we spoke about this before, so obviously before you then took the leap, you, had been, you hadn't been—you had been on the tools for how long?
1: Well, I'd, uh, yeah, probably been a, probably been about two or three years. Um, yes. I, I, I might you know, do the the odd clothes in the office, like the Hollywood clothes. Oh, here he is. Yeah, uh, the, the working the two phones and, <laughs> and whatnot. I've, I've actually done that a few times. But so, so I, I, I still like kept my, my nose in, so to speak, but... Um,
0: yeah, best haven't best been best, actively best. like, yeah, yeah. No, okay. Best. So it's been, been a couple best. of years. Yeah. So years. so obviously you've been um and, and it'd be great just to, to start here. So you you've obviously got a relationship with an investor that's that's helped you supported you start Amber. Yeah, yeah. So could you just talk a bit about that? I guess one, how did you meet this investor? Yeah.
1: Um,
0: how does it actually work? I think as I shared with you before we went on to this, I think a lot of people always i don't know i feel like from the conversation i have just have a quite sort of negative view of if i if i go with an investor or i go with someone that's going to support me start my recruitment business aren't they going to take all my money um yeah. so yeah how did you how did you meet your investor and sort of how have you how does it actually work and then we'll talk about the journey so far
1: yeah well, well first of all um I, i'm kind of in a position where i've got three kids and um an expensive wife and and I, I was kind of living to my means and I didn't have m- many savings because we're just, because uh, I'm a recruit person on some of us don't, right? So I was like, <laughs> I need to find someone that could help support me. Cause I need to have an income, like a basic income that is X amount. So that was like one of my first things. Like I want to go and do it, but I don't have the ability, means, backing, family connections, whatever you want to call it, to be able to to do it from scratch for myself. Um. So, so when I was, out talking to to other people i also checked around the market and i saw other people set up and i was like okay well that person seemed to have set up and their investor looks good so when i started looking it was actually for a rector um funny enough and uh he put me in touch with, with with a few different investors and i also wanted to uh, i also wanted an investor that could um like leave me to my own devices a little bit and i was prepared to, yeah. to back me when when you know, and not really ask many questions. Um, so that, again, I was probably asking for the world. I was asking for a, like a, a decent base salary that I could take within the position. I was asking for you know a decent percentage, um, and then maybe um, maybe a, a company that could offer me the the ability to to bring a few people into the business pretty quickly. Um, so that 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 was my that, that 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 was that was the situation. So I went on to to a few people in Bristol and, and had conversations. Um, and then you know stumbled upon uh, the, the the investor I had now, and I, I sat down with him and I said, "Well, this is what this is what I'm after. These are not my demands. but the, These are the things yeah, yeah. that that I'm really looking for and and support and and, and help from a uh, from a an investor and, and ended up to where I am now."
0: Amazing, and would you mind, look, you don't have to go into the exact details, but I think it's just good context for people, so I think what I took from that is, you was really honest with yourself, the fact that... your circumstances and stuff well actually look i'm not going to be bitter about this i actually it's actually the the best option possible for me to start a recruitment business is having someone having someone involved and then it seemed like you quite quickly worked out what you wanted that relationship to look like in terms of you wanted autonomy you wanted to yeah you know you knew what you wanted right um so i guess just the final context initiative i think is useful is like yeah how how does it sort of simply work then in terms of you owning um, the the business, how does that work, and how, just how does that relationship work? If you wouldn't mind yeah. sharing,
1: no, of course. So, so I started off on a percentage um, yeah. uh, with, with with the investor, and it wasn't really like a big negotiation. It was actually, I thought, I thought like extremely fair. It's like, okay, well, here's your percentage, yeah, and your percentage grows to to fifty percent after you hit uh, two milestone targets. And the two milestone targets are. And money kept within the business, so nothing else, no, no retention, no no head crunk or growth, no nothing. Is like you hit these two types of cash within the business, then you get your two kickers into that fifty yeah. and percent. And when you get to fifty percent, um, it will be you'll be in a position then where um, if you wanted to in the future take more from us, you can. We'll talk about the, a, a buyout for, for for further percentage. But on the flip side, what we'll offer you is. Um, free office for a period of time. Um we'll offer you some support and money to, to, to for yourself and to bring other people into the business. Um, and uh, we'll also offer 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 you it was like 12 months of like free back, back end support, operational support um from the finance team, the HR team, the legal team. Which we which we needed the first the first few months, uh, <laughs> and, and, and whatnot. So, so uh, looking at the deal in terms of the, what was on offer and what they gave to me, um these are the things that I was nervous about um, mm. that, that I probably really needed. Like just little things like doing terms or yeah, responding, yeah. responding to a legal letter or. Um, finance or contractor finance or all this, all this kind of stuff, and they said, well, "Well, we'll sort all of that for you within the deal for the first twelve months." So, yeah, that was the uh, that was that was the deal.
0: No, thank you for that. And I think what I think what's great about that it seems like is it's just it's super simple um, and not complicated. Like there isn't these like weird loopholes that you have to <laughs> get an NFI to X amount and all these things. So, I guess final thing on this then, like how yeah. so what would you say have been One, like what has actually, so we've spoken about what you wanted it to be like, you've explained some of the real positives. What has the actual experience been like so far? Like you shared what you wanted to be like, what has it actually been like? And then two, what would you say so far have been the sort of most positive impacts in actually going down that path to start your own recruitment business and grow your own recruitment business? Yeah. So, so,
1: so first, first of all, it's been, it's been, it's been really exciting. I feel like, I think not, not. too cheesy like reborn again, but I kind of yeah. do feel like that a little bit. I felt like I've I've got my got my edge back. Not that I think I may have lost it, but it's just in a different way. Yeah. Um. So the it's, yeah, it's been an incredibly exciting journey that to, to get back into a position where you're actually recruiting. I've always loved um to recruit. Um. It's it's, it's always got me extremely excited about having a project and being able to fill that project yeah um so actually going back to 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 recruiting was 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 superb um and then in, uh, and even though we've given a recession, so we actually didn't get our team like fully up and running until uh, january and then come march coronavirus hit so we actually really <laughs> had one like decent month of recruitment um of 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 fee generation if you like in the february. Uh, before March came, and and obviously there, there wasn't much to be done between March and probably June, right? And again, going back to picking the right investor, the, what we're talking about before is you know we were we were funding like six people's like six decent people's salaries, um, and there was there was never a question, not not once was did, did did the investor come knocking and saying what you know what we're what we doing about this? there, there was always confidence wow. that. You'd get would get back to the position where we'd go okay well we're back here now let's let's just make sure we go harder and faster than than uh, than, than we did before kind of thing so yeah in ter- terms of that and the, the, the positive stuff well there's been there's been so many like different positive wins that we've had um since we've been kind of back from like I'd say I think it's like June ish or june Juneo or yes yeah. um they, they also we've grown for a pandemic um we've, we've had some superb talent um in terms of why why I was looking to come close to this investor, he he owns a company called Sandersons, um, and they're a delivery focused, a delivery model business. Um, where my whole career had been spot business. Um, I think in one year I did like fifty odd deals within a year, and and, and there was with forty eight different clients. So it's wow. it proper proper spot business yeah. <laughs> which i knew was a, a limiting factor for my for, for my personal development so I, I wanted to align myself with a business where they did complete the opposite um and they got in got, got in with with a few clients and landed and expanded and and developed those the, those accounts out so it was really good to come into that environment and also like almost like learn a different way to recruit yeah uh, to provide a, a superb service over a prolonged kind of period of time so yeah, that, that's probably the, the, the biggest wins. We've got some superb clients. We've, we've done incredibly well. Um, we've grown as a business, and you know the, the future is looking good at the moment.
0: So how, um, just, just it helps with context, and then we'll sort of break this down a bit before we finish. What? How, how did you do revenue-wise first year, gross profit-wise first year then?
1: Yeah, well, revenue-wise, like gross profit for the first year runs from um, uh, July to June. We were down okay. 100k. We were down 100k right. uh,
0: within
1: the, within the first 12 months. And obviously, that was towards the end of the lockdown. So we've really, really been going for um, outside of a lockdown, if you like, been, been been for a couple for a couple of months. Mm. Um, and then um, since we've come back um, from from that, um, the GP's been like close to like uh, 700,000. From from uh, from June, um, you know, we're we're averaging um, like a hundred k months um, uh, with a team of well, it was, to start off, it was like five billers, and we've now grown to, to to eleven in total. So, yes, it would. Uh, we've 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 kind of come through that hundred k down and more up. So we've had a we've yeah. had a really good run of
0: things. Amazing, great work. So, I guess a co- couple of things that I'm keen to unpack here then before we finish. Yeah. So I guess, firstly, I guess, firstly, because I think a lot of people think about this, like when you thought about when you started forming the plan for Amber and these things, like, did you spend much time thinking about your USP or like, I don't know, what no. was your differentiator? No,
1: do, do you know what? That, that's something I'm struggling with still now. Really? I'll, I'll put Fair. my hands up. You know, I, I, know what, I know what we're good at. But I, I, I don't I also don't want to feel like a phony and and give a story which I don't fully commit or believe.
0: Yeah. yeah, like, yeah. I, think, uh. I
1: think everyone's everyone's looking for an angle at the moment. And it's a, you mm. know we do this and we do that and we sponsor this. It's like they're all very good causes, I'm sure. But but I, I wanna I wanna I wanna be able to to be in a position where I go, okay, well, here's here's what we do, here's what we're good at, and this is our USP. Um, you know the the, the USPs I'm going to say are going to be the same as what everyone says. We we just yeah. we're, we're, we're vertical market market specialists. The people I have within the business are just they're just the best at what they do, um, and we, we have really really tight patches in terms of the tech we use. But that's the same as everyone.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair. No, I, I, I appreciate, appreciate the honesty because um, I think a lot of people, especially early on the journey, there, I think they can spend a lot of time thinking about what that unique thing is. But I think at the same time, yeah, you know, I respect that you're still working it out. But you, you, yeah. you do know what you can do really well, which is be inch wild mile deep, and yeah. get some really good people that that know their patch. I guess the thing that I wanted to ask you then next it was a close second was like the most the, the sort of always the challenge in recruitment business that want to grow is hiring people for their own business, right? Yeah. Which again, I always say is the most ironic thing, right? So yeah, yeah. like you've got some great people on the bus. Yeah. It seems quite quick. I always see the pictures of you guys with, I don't know, transfer deadline day, like <laughs> a bottle of champagne or whatever. Do you know what I mean? So it always seems yeah. like you guys are on, on the positive mark. So I guess... What do you think, and this could be very reliant on you, whatever, but whatever comes up for you, like what do you think you've done well to get people on the bus, considering you know how many recruitment businesses your guys could join that aren't yours?
1: Yeah. Well, I, I think first of all, I've got I've got a superb team that really helps, right? Um, in terms of the, the the characters we have on the team, in terms of of um, how they are as people, that that just they're a brilliant bunch of, of of people, which I think always helps when a a person comes in for an interview and a chat, and and that they're, they're dealing with good people that are doing well and happy and enjoy their job. That that that's always a always a thing. I've always think that um, that actually like internal recruitment has been has been my strong point.
0: Okay.
1: Um, it's something that that uh, that i to grow opus the way we growed it uh, grew it um i was just yeah i, I just i probably spent about 50 percent of my time out there talking to people understanding the market mapping mapping knowing who's good um and and then i I'd imagine um you know through my through my experience um I'd like to think that I've developed some people along the way and you'd also like to think that you know Bristol quite a small place then people start to talk and, and all of a sudden it's like you probably get a bit of a reputation for for someone that's that's done good within the business and, and that also helps as well, right? Um, so yeah I think um, I, I think the, the, the key thing is, is making sure that the people I have in the business are are enjoying it and they're having fun and um, when they sit down and speak to people, um in terms of in terms of interviews that they're, they're giving a good um a good account of, of where we're going as a as a company.
0: So you, so you just well, I guess what I'm interested in and you just said that it's probably one of your s- strong points of speaking to people in turn and these things. So I guess you just shared with us that you are definitely still working out your USP and these things. So I guess what I'm just interested in curious on is like what, what was you selling to these people? What was it that yes you've got you may have developed these people in the past but I guess I'm just interested in like what was the sale what did you get these people brought in to yeah
1: yeah so so first of all um when I first came that the first few people were, were known to me that, that, that okay well, fair. So, so I think in like firsthand um if they were looking to leave the business I, I had a presentation on a laptop and, and I think I probably spent the first month just presenting this presentation of you know what we're doing and where we're looking to go yeah. Um, so, so that probably helped. I, I knew a lot of their motivations, a lot of their drivers, um, and I could, I could, I could paint the picture of where they were going to go as a, as an individual within the business. So that probably helped. Um, in terms of the other people, I it's, like it's just a lot of honesty. Um,
0: yeah.
1: I think if, if you call a spade a spade, I think, I think people um, that they know when someone's bullshitting, and, and they can mm. see right through you. So if you're not good at something or you think there's a, a weakness or you think there's something that needs to be improved, you, you've got to tell them. Um, but you've also got to tell them what you're going to do about changing it and making it, making it, making it good, for example. Mm. Um, so that, that, I think that's also helped me. Um, I've painted okay. a picture of where I'd like to be as a, as a, as a business. And, and also the, the mentorship and the development they're going to get from, from me and the other people in the office, in the office as well.
0: Okay. And then, the, the other thing that I want to just because just, you would have done a lot of this, I'm assuming, at Opus, and, and now as you continue to do it to, to grow Amber, but like people want to know, like, what? So it seems like, have you typically in Amber, have you hired experienced people?
1: A uh, mix, mix of the two. Um, okay. Yeah, a mix of the two. Like, I've, uh, one of my hires, one of my first hires was I've got a static caravan down at Devon Cliffs um and and he sold me the caravan i was like i was like mate you've, you're, you're not too bad at this you ever thought about coming into recruitment like, well, <laughs> I've, I've, I've thought about it. i said like, well get yourself up in and we'll uh we'll have an interview and, and, and get you through the door so it's, it's like spotting potential in in people yeah. that just don't have recruitment, um, recruitment experience so th- th- they're, they're, there's a mix between experience and non-experience
0: fair the the, the reason why i asked is because people want to know tom and People want to know, Tom, basically, like, what is it that you actually personally look for in a new hire? And not not the sort of high-level, classic, like, hard-working, all that stuff, I guess. What has been typically the sort of secret sauce that you've looked for in people that, yeah, has ended up working out? Or What, what is it that you truly actually hey, look for in people?
1: Like, honestly, someone that can give me six months is, okay. is usually, is usually the, the, the key thing. If if I like it, I think with most people, um, if you give me six months of your of of your time, um, I'll be able to turn them into a consistent performing biller. Uh, mm. So so that's like the key things. So are they are they going to run on the first sign of trouble? Um, are they going to be in a position where things don't go quite their way over a month period, and they they don't do a deal or they have a dropout? They're gonna they're gonna leave and go somewhere else that that's the that's the key thing for me so yeah the, the the six month give me six months of your of your like professional life um and I think I can I can turn you into into a. Better. that that's the usual thing that runs from my head and also like are oh, they a nice person and all that kind of stuff yeah. um, but but that's that's the key one for me
0: yeah fair and then look in your in your we we always speak a lot about getting new people but don't always tend to speak about keeping people I guess in your Sort of journey so far. What what things have you maybe at Opus, or what you continue to do at Amber? Like, what sort of things do you really try and do as a leader, or put in place to to keep your best people from yeah, from leaving? And
1: yeah, I mean, that, that, that there's a lot of things I'd like to to do more outside of obviously having coronavirus. But in terms of what we've done so far, it's, it's we, we've uh, we've had um, a trainer come in to to, to do uh, extra training and development sessions. Giving people more responsibility of taking on um, that 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 next step of their career, Um, and lots of like fun stuff outside of work. Again, about side of coronavirus, but just making sure that they're enjoying themselves, having a having a a good time because it can be it can be the hardest job in the world sometimes. And particularly, I think that kind of team lead uh, principal consultant to team lead role, where you're just taking on a whole new skill set. Uh, just making sure that that they're having as much fun as they possibly can.
0: Yeah, fair enough. So I guess I just feel like you've been like really positive. <laughs> you're obviously someone that's got a really positive mindset, which I, I, I absolutely I, love.
1: I, I, yeah, I, 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 you, you you do struggle to find me in a in a on a, on a, on, a, on an egg. I think that's again one really? of the things. You know what I said to you about having having that having that attitude of like leaving at the door if you have a bad day. Yeah, of course I've had some. Yeah, bad, yeah. I've had some. I've had some terrible days um but you can't uh, you just can't let it hold you with a with we're, we're, we're recruitment consultants it's a bad day in, in a uh, as a as a recruiter someone leaves your business or someone doesn't take your offer or someone drops out right
0: it's, yeah
1: like, it's like no one's dying we're not we're not we're not surgeons it, it's know, just like it's
0: perspective
1: not, it's perspective isn't it it's like crisis like you know I was, I was an insurance broker for three years do you know what i mean it's like you know i had to read off a script i'm now in a position yeah, oh my god like, that was grim <laughs> Yeah, it was horrible
0: so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I am positive. The, yeah the, the, the reason why I ask is because like people always message me and people want to know like Tom what was your what were your darkest days what were like what were the biggest slumps that you had that that you got through and how you got through it but it seems like you've really honed that muscle of like today's a new day perspective yeah I don't know I'm yeah. sure you've had to help people get through that I I've, yeah
1: I've, I've had I've had some 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 really bad days I've had like bad days when people have had you know really really bad news and um and it's kind of like processing and dealing that with them together as a as a as a a couple so i've had we had a commission change on the last gaff and and it was a terrible day for me because i was looking at i was going how can i put a spin on this it's like how can i how can i sell this because i'd like I, I like you know usually with a commission you can go actually okay we're changing it here but here's the carrot. I was like I, I, I didn't think there was a carrot, so I was like, how am I going to be in a position where I can sell this and retain people in the business? And then my top biller the same day says I'm off and leaves that day.
0: So I'm wow. like, that, that
1: was a bad that was a bad day. You what know? I was like, oh.
0: just had some connection issues, but obviously Tom, you were sharing the. Yeah, you've obviously had some very bad days. Like your top biller leaving after changing the commission structure. So I guess we were just keen to hear how you've continued to get better with that muscle of like, right, today's a new day. So I wasn't sure what you was gonna sort of say to finish uh, that.
1: I think I think the muscle of today's a new day and also f- like feeling it is like, you know, the the, the it gets easier you hear it time and time again right and every time it gets a little bit easier the rejection the nose that the bad things are happening and i don't think you take it so personally come the end i think the first few times you do take it personally go you know it's 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 you know it's it's because of me or they're leaving me or or, or whatever it may be um to to now it's a case of just like that's just what happens it's just you know just i just have to live with it
0: So, so I've got five final questions I'm going to ask you. But before I do, I'm interested to get your thoughts on this question, which is: like, in your opinion, what do you think is the most important action or KPI that contributes to recruiter success? Um, uh,
1: yeah, I, I, think it's, um, I, I think recruitment is a contact sport, so I think the the, the most important action. Is um, is speaking to as many people for um, as possible as clients and candidates, as much as much as much as you possibly can, getting on the phone and, and speaking to people. Like, it's pretty old school, right? But I think that that's that's the key thing to that, uh, speaking to cl- candidates, speaking to clients. Uh, I, I can't nice. put any. Anything-
0: yeah, fair. So, final questions. First one. Yeah. If you could, if you could change the industry. What would you improve?
1: Yeah, um, yeah. I I just this, this, just the, the overall standard. Um, I think recruiters get a quite a bad rep, um, and we're probably tarnished with a brush of um, you know the, the the guys that aren't so good. So yeah, for, for for me, it's yeah, just making sure. There's I don't know how you could do that. Um, <laughs> this is why this is why I quite like the. Uh, the recessions because I think it's almost like a bit of a a recruitment cow. Um I think at some points like every man and his dog is a recruiter. Um and I think sometimes when it gets to um it gets to a recession um the, the 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 people that are faking recruitment probably don't make it. Um and I think just because of that the actual industry standard goes up a little bit. But yeah that 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 would be that that would be how I, I don't know how I'd improve it. Maybe a recruitment exam or something of the like, but yeah, that's just a, a better all round, um, yeah, better all round
0: standard. Yeah, um, what what book have you read that has had the biggest impact on you, or something that you've listened to? If you're not a reader, just what what have you yeah. consumed that's had a big impact on you? Um,
1: I'd, I yeah, I recently listened to the 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 Jimmy King's book. Um, what books uh, are? It's the Gypsy Kings book, um, Tyson. Oh, okay, films. nice. Yeah, I, I'm, in in terms of books, I'm I'm probably more of a listener than the reader, Um, but yeah, I think more like motivational um uh, support and and you know how people battle through, you know, some of the darker times and how they come out come out on top. So that that yeah, those, those types of books are are uh,
0: yeah, are fancy. So, so this ties quite nicely, actually, into a question that Zef sent me,
1: <laughs>
0: which is he he wanted to know why you didn't become a full time boxer after all the success you had in amateur circuit.
1: Well, yeah, that's a very good question, Zef. Very good question. To do. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, well, funny enough, I did this boxing thing, and listen, I've I've never done boxing in my life. Um and was, I think it was Zero to Hero and it was like 40 people and they got paired up together. Um yeah. and and they they made me the captain for that. Not because I was the best boxer, I was I was a pile of shit. Um but but again I was I was the person that put my hand up first. Every time they did something, I was like, right, I'll try that, I'll stick myself out my comfort zone. Um, but you no, know, is was, it was the, my bout, my bout reads one and oh, and uh I'm retired.
0: I <laughs> 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 love that. Um what what did you spend your first biggest commission paycheck on
1: um i actually it, it was actually like three months into um into my time I, time at opus i'd um i had like a, a sixty pound month um it was like it was incredible it was it just everything went my way um and there's a couple of things I did with that. One was there was a a person that worked at a previous company that said, um, he said, I'll never amount to anything and I'll never, I never, I'll never put the the big paychecks in. Um, and so one of the first things I did with with that was I I sent him a, I sent him an email. So hello. His name was Ben. Hello, Ben, how you doing, mate? Um, and he's like, yeah, no no problem, mate. How, How are you getting on? I said, I said, uh, and it's quite, quite a crude thing, but I said, like, "Listen, mate, it's my sixteen grand paycheck, you dickhead." I um, <laughs> was one of my first my first acts, and that and that filled me with like so much like I know it just <laughs> saying it, but that filled me with so much joy of being able to to prove someone wrong, right? Um, yeah,
0: yeah, fair. No, thank you for sharing that. Respect
1: with with the paycheck, <laughs> I actually, yeah, actually, uh, actually booked a, a honeymoon and and paid for my p- paid for my wedding um with that paycheck
0: so yeah that was that was that. the first. final one tom what what's the uh what's the ultimate goal for your recruitment career
1: i i don't know i again i I like I, I don't know i'm like what i'm at the moment i'm enjoying myself i'm enjoying myself and it's going well and um and 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 i'm enjoying the ride so ideally what where would i like to go i'd I don't I don't really have a clue have a clue but I'm I'll, I'll keep I'll keep on the riding until I'm not having fun right mm. um so where could I go but I'd like to be in a position where we have uh feet on the ground and, and and expand our Manchester office to have an office in in London to, to build this office um uh, and in terms of like the end game uh, could I be in a position where I become I could become hands-off and Start up a career in golf, or I'm not really not sure. We, we, we'll see. We'll see where it takes me. But I, I, don't, I don't really think too far ahead, and I think that can be dangerous. um At the moment, I, I know where I, you know where, where I am, and I know I'm enjoying myself. So, yeah, we'll see where it takes me.
0: No, I love that, Tom. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for being so candid, honest. Love your positive attitude, and really excited to see where sort of Amber go over the next couple of years. So, thank you for uh, coming you on for sure. and, and sharing the story.
1: Thanks so much, mate. Appreciate all your time. Thank
0: you. Well done on making it to the very end of the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I've done my very best to try and level up this podcast that will hopefully mean that you can take even more learnings from these conversations and apply it to your own recruitment career. Like always, if there are any particular topics that you would love me to cover with future guests, then please get in touch with me. The best place to reach me is on LinkedIn. Send me a message. What would you love me to cover with future guests? And if you have enjoyed the podcast, then it would be amazing if you could leave a honest review in your favorite podcast streaming platform. That will simply mean that we're able to reach more people with this podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. And don't forget to subscribe completely free on your favorite podcast streaming platforms. And we'll be back next week with a new episode of the Recruitment Mentors Podcast.